you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, in the description, we are adding timestamps. If you would like to skip to a certain part in the episode, you are welcome to do so. We are putting um, the time slot from when we're talking about the Packers, uh, baseball, um, our two-minute drill, whatnot, putting all that in the description, so be sure to check that out as well. Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and I am joined here always by Colin and Ben. In today's episodes, we're going to be talking about the MLB trade deadline, as well as the uh, Big 12 football conference possibly being changed up a bit, and then some uh, update on the whole Packers news, and much more on today's episode. All right. I want to give a little shout out to our sponsor. We love Amen's Engineering. Uh, They've done some great deeds for us, uh, specializing in civil engineering and land surveying out in the Phoenix area. We're sorry to hear about your uh, your Phoenix Suns. Um, They got bounced. They had a great run. Uh, But yeah, we love our folks at Amen's. If you want to check them out, check out amenspro.com. And uh, phone number listed on there. Give them a call today. All right. One last thing before we really get into today's episode. As we start to gear back up here with new episodes coming back up and, and really grow the channel. Just want to let everyone know. Really make sure to check out some of our social media platforms on Twitter where we post every episode. Do polls, interact with listeners, stuff like that. You can find that at Tub Talk Sports. We're going to also start live streaming our, our episodes to make it more interactive, get a lot more people a chance to get involved. So look for that here in the next couple of weeks. Really, once we start doing moving back into where we're all on, on, online recording, that's when we're going to move into the Twitch thing. And then if, if we expand to any other social media platforms, we will let you all know as well. And it'll be under the same username, at Tub Talk Sports. So make sure to check those out. That's really how you can keep up with our episodes and get involved. We'd love to start doing some more stuff with the listeners. So. Speaking of polls, we put out a poll on our Twitter account at Tub Talk Sports. I asked who is the current best basketball player on the planet. We discussed it a little bit on the last episode. Uh, the four options listed were KD, Giannis, Kawhi, and LeBron. KD won the poll. Uh, 45% said KD, 41% said Giannis. Uh, were we in agreement on that? DP, what did you say on that one? I said KD. You said I, KD. I said KD as well. And you ben said, said KD. I said Giannis. And it was it was a close poll. I mean, 45 to 41, That's that was basically everyone was voting for those two. So it was pretty much an agreement what we talked about on the episode. Yeah, we're going to be posting more polls, uh, more stuff like that. Like Ben mentioned, we have, the, we have a TikTok account now, and very soon we're going to start live streaming. We're very excited about that. And we hope you guys all tune in and interact with us on that. All right, let's get started. So I think the first thing we're going to talk about is a quick up, quick update into uh, Green Bay and that whole situation. Okay, so as we know, Aaron Rodgers, um, there's been a lot of stuff on social media, a lot of reports that uh, he's unhappy there and he doesn't have a great relationship with the front office. We've known this. It's been a thing that's going on for a couple years now. Uh, we even had this drama a little bit last offseason, but it's greatly escalated now to the point where it seems that Vegas thinks Aaron Rodgers may retire next week. A little extreme, but this is a serious situation. And our last year's MVP and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and of our generation 
It could be nearing an end of his career, so I think it's worth talking about a little bit. Oh, um, it's, I was, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's it's surprising for sure, especially if if it's even a possibility, it would be kind of crazy for someone who is playing as well as he has to walk away at this point in time. It's not like he was older and showing signs of slowing down. And going into the offseason, I never expected it to even be a possibility, but I have a feeling that him being able to take this offseason to relax and stay away from all football activities was probably pretty appealing to him, and that's what led to this being a possibility. I still think it's more likely that he's playing than he's retiring, despite despite Vegas pulling the Green Bay Packers' win total odds. But I definitely think that uh, this offseason that was had for Aaron Rodgers really was appealing to him, and that's what's kind of swayed him to a potentially retirement like this. Oh, yeah, he was very active over the offseason. We just saw him golfing. Um, using the whole TNT, what did they call it? The match. The match. Multiple vacations he went on. Yes, multiple vacations. Is he married now? No. Is he a married man? I don't think he is. I think he's is dating he... someone, but I don't think he's married. They've been dating for a while. No, because he used to date uh, Danica Patrick. Yeah. And they broke up. Okay. They broke up, I think it was like during last year. And then now he's dating some model i'm pretty sure let me let me let me figure that out he was also on jeopardy he hosted jeopardy for a little bit after the passing rest in peace uh, uh trebek. alex trebek absolute legend but he did some of that um we've seen him on a lot of talk shows you're right he does have a new girlfriend yeah okay so all these things have to just be very appealing to him and just kind of the way we we've heard him talk about his career <laughs> wouldn't surprise me if he just walked away from it although i i want to say he's going to play but i've also learned that vegas is always right more often than yes. not right so the fact that they believe he's going to try next week is kind of crazy i get the timing of it because that's when really like nfl training camp and all that starts ramping up but that would just be absolutely wild i don't even know how to think about that that michael jordan the last dance picture that he and Devontae adams posted last night because some people are like okay it's our last ride but also could be related to how Jordan was like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here because of the way that, that management was run and right. that whole thing with the Bulls situation. So I'm, I'm sure Packers fans are wanting to think of it as one last ride to an NFC Championship game loss. But it, mm-hmm. I think it could be taken multiple different ways. So we'll have to see for sure. Yeah, if you're Devontae Adams, I completely understand. I mean, I don't, we don't know what's going on internally. We know that they couldn't come to an agreement on a contract. Um, there's rumors that they weren't offering him a contract to be the highest paid receiver in football, which I think we can all agree right now he deserves because I think you can argue, one, he is the best receiver in football. Uh, he's in his prime, and I think it's a little disrespectful for a guy that you've had for quite some time to not give him that offer, uh, especially when you have concerns around your QB at the moment. So maybe part of Adam's, you know, these rumors that we're hearing is because there's uncertainty with Rodgers not being there. If Rodgers isn't there, does Adams want to play with the Jordan Love in Green Bay? Or do you rather go elsewhere to a place uh, a, somewhere warmer, you know, out in the desert, the quarterback he played with in college, Derek Carr? That would be the dream for me. But these rumors are getting pretty – they're escalating very quickly over the past couple of days. If he ends up not signing long-term and ends up a free agent next offseason, I would be shocked if it doesn't end up in Vegas. The only way is if Vegas just totally lowballs the hell out of him. Which and they could. Give him. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me based on their franchise's history. I mean, also, though, they went out and made a big deal for Antonio Brown when there was uncertainty there. So I feel like, especially if, if Devontae is like, I want to come play there, it's like, 
get a star receiver, yeah. your, your new team in Vegas, so they already have a no problem selling tickets, but it would just add even more appeal. I feel like they would see this, yeah, this could just even sell us more tickets and it's going to put us as, as a contender if they can get the defense figured out. Oh, yeah. And Gruden loves his offense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. It's really going to depend this season on what happens with the both of them because I, I, obviously Rodgers wants out. He does. It's it's obvious at this point. He's been hinting at it for, it seems like, the last couple years at this point because they just get him no help. And because of that, I think Rodgers is out. I thought he there was a shot he would have been out this year, but he just he, he, he missed the opportunity just announcing it at the draft. And well after the uh, Stafford trade, I, I, thought, I thought L.A. would have been a perfect spot for uh, Rodgers, saying that he is from, like, San Fran. San Fran isn't too far from L.A., but they went and got Stafford. So I don't, I don't quite understand it. But, I mean, Adams, he could be on the move next year, too. Like you said, Oakland makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, he's a free agent in 2022, if yeah. we haven't said that yet. Yeah, he could go to Baltimore. Uh, you don't know how the Jets are going to be looking after this year. They could be on the upswing. You know, you got San Fran. There's a lot uh, of guys. I, there's rumors that he he said various times that he'd think playing with Keenan Allen would be cool. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of potential landing marks. I don't know where Rodgers is going to play next year. It could, could be completely different. You never know. Brady could retire at the end of this year. All of a sudden, Tampa needs a quarterback. It's it's you know New Orleans. They don't know if they are necessarily who their quarterback yeah, is going to be next. Aaron's year. a wild card. That's yeah. for sure. Um, um, that's been the big difference in his career. I think with him and Brady, is just mainly. I mean, obviously they have the rings, difference in rings, but Rogers' personality is just completely different than Brady's. Brady's always been more just a locked in football guy. Rodgers, you know, he has his ego. I'm not trying to put it – I'm not knocking him, but that's just how he is. It's always, always been. Rodgers has an ego, and sometimes that gets the best of him. Sometimes it leads to situations like this. Because I wouldn't say that they haven't gotten him no help. Because, I mean, he's got oh, yeah. Aaron Jones. He's got Devontae Adams. Offensive line is, is, is really solid. Yeah, Bakhtiari. They have a solid defense. Uh, this is one of the better rosters he's ever had. Um, but I think it's just the little things that matter. Like last uh, draft, they could have gotten him a second receiver. You know, a solid guy. We saw Justin Jefferson go. We saw a lot of, you know, even like a Michael Pittman. We saw a lot of solid receivers go in a deep class, and they didn't draft a single one. Uh, when I think he made it kind of clear that that's what he wanted. So it's just the little things like that that I think's been ticking Aaron off, and he doesn't like to be bossed around like that. You know. I think I think our next Twitter poll should be it, this exact topic. Maybe we put something out there like, where will Aaron Rodgers be in 2020? And the options are like, new team, Green Bay, or retired. Cancun. Yeah. Cancun. I'd love That's, to see your guys' opinions on this. Yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll make sure to make a Twitter poll on that. For sure. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. The Big 12. Colin, I think you're more uh, into college football than I am, so I'll let you uh, – get the lead on this one so it's like a sure thing now texas and oklahoma are leaving the big 12 big 12 is making a lot of last ditch efforts to try and get them to stay including offering more money to them but at this point it seems like they are destined for the sec that's what the reports have been and apparently this has been in the fold since 
December or January, which is crazy to think that it's just been under the radar for this long. Uh, I think, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. This is good and bad uh, for college football and for both. I think it's, when you look at it from Oklahoma or Texas perspective, this is a move you have to make going to the SEC uh, money-wise and recruiting-wise. Um, that's what's more most important to a lot of these schools. The SEC generates about double the, what the Big 12 makes throughout a season. Oh, yeah, easily. And so, I mean, that's a huge factor for those big brands, you know, for those schools. Uh, and from a recruiting standpoint, if you're a school like Texas, who, you know, I think they have – uh, not been huge in areas like maybe Florida, Georgia, um, even parts of Texas with Texas A&M because these guys want to play in the SEC. So I think from a recruiting standpoint, it would certainly help uh, Texas in the long run. So and, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted I would ask a couple couple questions. These aren't obviously the most important questions, but just something that came to my mind for whatever reason when I first thought of it. So one. Would this happen prior to this upcoming season, or would it take place following it? So, this uh, because of what their current contracts are with the Big Twelve, if they decided, if the SEC voted on it, which they will soon, it'll probably be thirteen to one, with A and M being the only school that doesn't approve of it. It'll go through, and they'll basically have two options. They can either start in the SEC in 2025 after their Big 12 contract runs up, so fall of 2025, mm -hmm. or there's a scenario in which they can uh, in some way buy out their current contracts and join two years prior in 2023 okay. because they'd have to give – there's a rule they have to give the Big 12 a certain amount of time notice, kind of like how you need two weeks for your job. you got to yeah. give them a certain amount of months prior before they can actually leave. And that makes sense. So, yeah, 2023 season is the earliest we could see them. Okay. If not, they choose to wait the two years, 2025. Okay. So, yeah, that, that, I had another question, but that answered as well. So that, that totally makes sense, and I, I would be shocked if it's not. I honestly think they would go for the 2023 option because how, with how much money these programs make, I don't know what the buyout cost is, but yeah. I would think those two extra years in the SEC could make up probably most of that buyout that buyout money yeah and i don't know if you guys know the sec is you know they have, they have their current deal with cbs they're going back to espn now so a lot of their big alabama games over the iron bowl a lot of their big games are going to be on abc espn they're signing a big contract with them uh and i think i think it just makes a lot of sense money wise for both of these schools and the rest of the big 12 I mean, if these two teams leave, they're down to eight schools, and none of them are anywhere near what those two brands oh, are. Yeah. The, the SEC, whoever comes out of that conference every year, if one, it's going to be a struggle for them to get in the college football playoffs, and even if they were, they would get, I would think it's pretty fair to say they'd get probably smoked by whoever, by whoever is in the SEC or yeah. even an Ohio State or yeah. Michigan if Harbaugh ever figures it out. We've been we've been hearing reports that they may they're looking into trying to expand the college football playoffs, which I know we've talked about on this podcast. I'm pretty sure since day one about yeah. explaining or uh, of expanding the college football playoffs, and it's getting to the point where you have to because now the Big Twelve isn't going to be as strong, and with Oklahoma and Texas moving on, 
not only are there going to be a lot of SEC teams in the college football playoffs, you could potentially be seeing five out of the six top teams in the country being from the SEC. And that is just, it's, it's, I don't think it's good for college football. You could be seeing a movement where there's no longer Power Five conference. There could be four. Yep. Be, there, there could be, you know, in the future, a complete uh, realignment of all the conferences. It's, it's going to be very interesting. I, I want to see an expanded college football playoffs. It could be six. It could be eight. Be sixteen for all I care. Um, I don't think it would go to sixteen, but I'm just you know trying to make a point. But yeah, well, it it's it's very interesting. I get this move from Oklahoma. Texas is a little rough because they haven't been dominant in the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's hard to see them being successful in the SEC. It, I can't see them being any better than a Vanderbilt or a Kentucky or sorry. Well, ben, I think I the think they're rec- I think they're recruiting over the next five years or so would certainly pick up and they would would. eventually it would just take time right away you're right i could see them struggling being like maybe a seven win program you know especially because they haven't been too much better in the big 12 right and it's so much different playing kansas state tcu you're playing physical pro-like teams florida auburn lsu and i was going to go back to your point real quick don about the college football playoffs when they moved to the four team, they immediately signed an extension. And I don't know exactly, but I believe the time frame of that four team deal would end up right around the same time where we could see the move to the SEC. Yes. So that could be something where they work together into expanding it, where the timing just works well. Because have you guys seen the proposed uh, 12 team format that they have? I have not. It's no. been talked about a lot. Um, it's one that's really picking up steam, and it actually seems likely at this point that they'll expand to it. It's a 12-team format. It includes the six highest-ranked conference champions plus six highest-ranked non-champs. Got so, it. yeah. Um, the Yeah, the conference, uh, no limit on amount of teams per conference. Uh, the four highest-ranked conference champions would be seeded one through four and get a bye. So when you look at this from that perspective, I think that factors into this decision a little bit because with the four-team format, it would be so tough for these schools to continue to make the playoffs like Oklahoma. But with a 12-team format, you certainly have the opportunity. I think you'd see at least five SEC schools out of those 12. I, yeah, I, I would up it to maybe even like seven. I, yeah, I think a minimum of five schools. Yeah. So when you look at that, when you look at it from that perspective, I could, I even think Texas thinks they'll have a decent shot at the playoffs. It's um, maybe not right away, but three or four years into that deal in the ICC, without for sure. Like and they have a brand new coaching staff there too. They have a lot of SEC guys in their staff, including their new head coach Steve Sarkeesian from Alabama. So I think they will be well suited for success in the long run if they do make this move. Like I said, I think it will certainly help their recruiting in the state of Texas, pry some guys away from Texas A&M, even, uh, like I said, Georgia, Florida. So I think this is a good move if they decide to do it. But you're right, as a college football fan, it could hurt our experience a little bit because the Big 12 may not be able to exist without them. Oh, yeah. We could see there's rumors Iowa State and Kansas are going to have a call with the Big 10 next week to explore joining them, which would definitely benefit the Big Ten seeing Iowa State's a good football program right now and Kansas being the basketball powerhouse that they are. We could see the end of the Big 12 in the near future. Yeah, and it's, 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 I mean, it's a shame. I just, 
I, I I'm always I've always been a uh, a smaller school fan. Like I, I I <laughs> I like to see that smaller school get in. Last year we saw like the Coastal Carolina make a run, the BYU's make Cincinnati. a run, Cincinnati, UCF a couple years back, UCF. Like I always like rooting for those small teams to try and make it in the college football playoff. That twelve team format will certainly get one, if not two, of those teams in there. Um, I'm 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 really interested to see how that plays out in the grand scheme of things. But don't get me wrong, I love SEC football. I mean, it's the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. Night in and night out, so. It's it's very interesting to see what they do. I know whatever they do, it will be heavily criticized. Um, but I'm I'm interested. To I see. would I would just think you you're completely right. It's to be heavily criticized, but I think this is one of those things where two years in, everyone's looking back. It's like why didn't this happen ten years sooner? Yeah. This this could it's it's either gonna be that or it's gonna go completely up in flames two years in. I don't think it's gonna be in the middle. It's either be great for college football or it's going to absolutely crumble the ratings in in multiple programs. Throughout, like, our lifetime, we've seen a few monumental shifts in college sports, college athletics, a few, like, seismic shifts. And one of those was uh, before we even started watching when the Big East crumbled and we saw a lot of new teams joining the ACC, um, we saw a lot of other schools moving conferences, um, and now... Uh, we have this new NIL agreement, which we haven't talked about on this show yet, but, you know, college athletes are able to make money off their name now yeah. and image, which is huge. I think it's a huge step in the right direction. And we have that and potentially this all in, you know, the same year, which is crazy to think about all that's happening and maybe a new playoff format because I think this could cause a lot of different schools to switch conferences. We could see a BYU maybe joining the Big 12 if they still exist. We could see the rest of the Big 12 going to the Pac-12 and the Big 10. I mean, there's so much that could happen, so many possibilities. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be real interesting to see. But let's move on to our last and big segment for the day. Um, one that I've been looking forward to do, the MLB trade deadline. Yes, that hits us in about a week, I want to say, right? Just just under yeah. a week, just uh, under July a week. 30th at 4 Eastern, 3 we may, Central. We may not upload this until you guys may be hearing this Tuesday night or yes. on Wednesday. So, yeah. couple couple trades could be done by then, but I would assume the big ones are because usually teams hold out to try and get the most value. Yeah, let's, so, let's start off with the yes. trades that have happened. There's only been, I want to say, three of them. The first one to happen right after the All-Star break, Jack Peterson. Not a big one, but he's been so far solid for the Braves. I think he's hit two homers with them. Uh, he was batting leadoff today. I mean, they were missing that because they they would use Acuna in that spot, and obviously yeah. he's not going back. Um, so, well, it, that's, uh, that's a guy that's like if, if Atlanta loses, they could flip and get up, flip again here in four days. Cause oh, yeah. If they're going to miss the playoffs, there's no point in keeping him. Yeah. It, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see with Jack Peterson if they do make a push and get into the playoffs, which is a str- which isn't too big of a stretch because the NL East is dog shit. It is horrible. It is dog shit. Um, Peterson has always performed well in the playoffs, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he can keep his luck um, with the Braves. The next trade that happened uh, so far, the biggest one was Nelson Cruz to the Rays. Um, I think in one game he's already hit a homer. 
He just he looks so good in the Rays uniform. Yeah, it's a bit, huge pickup for them. Huge bat in the middle of the order. A team and, you don't usually see go out and make moves like this. Oh yeah, yeah and it's it's a good it's a good um, move by the Twins in my opinion to move on from him. He could end up. Ben mentioned earlier, would, you wouldn't even be surprised if he signed oh, yeah. back with no, them in the offseason. No, he's talked multiple times how much he got. Even though they're not a contender, if if that's the place he loves playing, he's comfortable. It wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. So I mean, he's still. Uh, as old as he is, he's still smashing the ball out of the stadium. He's a White Sox killer for the past year and a half. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a very good move for them. And the Rays made another move. Yep. They uh, they traded. So they bought Nelson Cruz, and then they sold uh, Rich Hill, Dick Mountain. He is now a part of the Mets. And Tommy Hunter and another prospect went to the Rays. I, I know that because Rich Hill and Tommy Hunter were both former Cubs and being traded for each other. That's kind of funny. But, yeah, Dick Mountain, he's 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 up there at age, too. 40, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he he's old. In the long run, like, when we look back at all the trades that occur over the next week, this one will probably be way down on the list. Yeah. It's... This won't. This will more likely than not not be the biggest move that the Mets make. They just need pitching depth yes. with every. Syndergaard had the re the re uh, in, in his rehab assignment had the setback, so he's we have no idea on him. Carlos Carrasco finally might be back, but he was a guy they acquired in trade, and who knows when when he actually makes his pitching debut. By the way, we need to continue to keep live or making our podcast during baseball games because yes. it creates. As I, as I watch Castillo stumble off the mound and try and formulate sentences at the same time. <laughs> but either way, yeah, the Mets just needed pitching depth, and, and they got that here. I don't really think they were big fans of David Peterson continuing to start games yeah. for a first-place team. Joey Lucchese. Yes, th- those those two. I mean, in any other division, if those two are starting, they get hammered. It's just it's worked okay because they're in the NL East. Yeah. And it's and for the Rays, they have, they have so many quality pitchers. Why not sell high on him for a team that needs pitching depth? And as everyone always says, never make a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays. Knowing never. knowing what happened is it's it's we'll look back in five years like, oh, the Rays got a superstar for a forty plus year because old. Because I already pitcher. know in an October baseball game, we'll be playing the Rays in like the first round or something. We'll be a two and three seed. Nelson Cruz will just absolutely kill us in that series. I already see it happening. We got him out of the division, but it's going to come back to haunt us even more. I mean, especially with the Sox potentially throwing two left-handed pitchers in Keuchel, uh, Rodon for sure, and then maybe Keuchel on the back end of that rotation. Yeah. So I'm hoping we don't have to use Having Keuchel like too much in our potential playoff run. Well, yeah. I know we're getting off topic. So you're you obviously have Lynn, Rodon, and Giolito. Who you? I, I think you burn yourself out if you use a three-man three-man rotation. Are you going cease at four over Keiko? It, well, it depends. It's, it's La so don't put it by him. He, he started it, Chris Carpenter in three true. World Series games. And so, we'll, we'll, Chris we'll Carpenter see, had his moments. We'll see how cease. We'll see how Cease's second half goes. Okay. All well, right. So we've gone through the three trades that have happened, not including the my my least favorite trade that happened way back in May of Willie <laughs> Thomas, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Um. So I think the best way to go through. Um, this trade deadline is there's a lot of guys that could potentially be on the move and with a lot of different teams. Some teams have multiple guys that could be on the move. Some teams only have like one or two guys. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to go by teams okay. and then I'm going to list players for those teams that could be on the move. I'm going to start with a team that only has probably a guy that's been rumored to be on the trade block for a while uh, is Max Scherzer. I only see one guy possibly being moved on the Nationals. If he is moved, where do you think is a potential uh, spot for Scherzer, and where do you think he's going? This is a really interesting team in the Nationals because 
when they kind of made a run to 500 at the end of the first half, it's like, okay, maybe by, they're in a horrible division, they can make a run, and then Schwarber gets hurt, they come out flat, and they have young stars, so you don't really want to blow it up, but at the same time, they're probably not good enough. And another another name that would have been on this list had he not been hurt was Kyle Schwarber because he's on yes. a one-year deal. He, without a doubt, would have been a, a trade a trade talk piece, especially going over the AL, potentially in a DH. But with him being hurt, he's off the list. So Serger, I honestly think don't get moved. I'm not even I'm there. There are multiple fits. The Yankees get thrown around everywhere, but they think they will. They're they're like Miami Heat fans or Los Angeles Lakers mm-hmm. fans who think well, they'll get oh yeah they'll one. Photoshop literally they'll Photoshop Jesus Christ in their jersey. Yeah. So I <laughs> Any I player that gets mentioned. I honestly think Serger doesn't get moved. We'll we'll see if. Some people float out the idea of, like, if Serger likes D.C. so much, why not trade him and sign him back in the offseason? Right. But I just think the— No, I just he's at a stage in his career where if he gets traded to a contender, I mean, he's going to stay in a contender, I feel like. I, I, my, my guess is that he doesn't get traded. I am also going to say no. Washington's in a really weird spot. Me and Ben were talking about this, where it's like they have Juan Soto, who's, like, a young stud. And usually when you have a break. guy like that, it's— it's tough to just be like, okay, we're just going to sell the rest of the team, rebuild. When you have a guy who's playing this well at his age. So they're in a really weird spot. Um, it's not a fun spot to be in, but I don't see them trading him. Yep, I, I, I'm right there with you guys. I think the Nationals, if they can just get healthy. I know Strasburg's been kind of, uh, you know, up and down this year. So, He's been dealing with health. Talk about Steven Strasburg. The timing for him to go insane in the playoffs was absolutely impeccable because he just totally handcuffed the Nationals oh, and giving yeah. him to a long-term deal that he probably shouldn't have got because he gets hurt way too often. But the fact that he was healthy and then just was absolutely amazing in that playoff run, it's like, what are you going to do at this point? He's He, he totally upped his value, and you probably shouldn't get paid that much because he gets hurt way too often. But he was also... It's one of top, probably top three players in their in their playoff run. Yes, so, easily. You won the World Series MVP. Right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I mean, especially in a World Series war, they were using Corbin kind of out of the bullpen. Uh, Scherzer had that injury. He was the ace of that World yes. Series. So yeah, they've been. It, the Nationals are in a weird spot, but I still think their roster is good enough to where if they want to go for it, they may only need like another pit starter pitching depth or maybe a bullpen guy. They need Corbin to figure it out. They need they do need Patrick Corbin to figure it out. Yeah. But we'll we'll see how that ends up going. I agree with you guys. I think Max Scherzer stays. Um, the only other team on my list that only has one guy that could potentially be traded is Eduardo Escobar. He's yeah. been rumored to go to a couple teams. Um, I know I have him going to an interesting destination. Where do you guys have Eduardo going? I think I think Eduardo Escobar ends up with the White Sox, and here is why. I know there's multiple pieces that the White Sox have, have rumored getting. I think the, the Pirates end up asking too much for Adam Frazier, and the White Sox don't want to go to that level, so they buy low and take Eduardo Escobar instead, a guy who can play multiple different positions, can play around the infield. He's having a pretty nice year. I'm going to go White Sox there. I know that kind of spoils my – we'll get to Adam Frazier later. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's funny because Bob Nango literally tweeted like a couple weeks ago that he was on his way to the White Sox. Ended up being wrong. Shocker there. Yeah. But I think, I think come the next couple days – We'll see. This all hinges on what the Pirates do, but based on things I'm reading, I think they try and sell high or sell too high 
on Frazier, which leads White Sox to go after Escobar. Yep. I think uh, Escobar does, does get traded. You know, I'm not sure where. I don't think it's going to be White Sox. Spoiler, I have them trading for Adam Frazier. I think, you know, it's it might be wishful thinking, but I think he's a better fit. I would personally rather have him on the team. So I'm going to have Adam Frazier to the White Sox. I don't know where Esco's bar is going to go, but I don't see why they wouldn't trade him at this point, uh, given where the organization is at. So, yeah, I think uh, get what you can for Escobar. He's having a great year. Um, They're he, nowhere near contending. Too. Nowhere near contending. He, how, he, I mean, he just he hits a lot of homers for a guy. You know, he's not too big of a guy. Uh, he's second For a second baseman, he hits a lot of homers, a lot of RBIs. So I think he'd definitely be a good fit for a contender. So I think with Eduardo Escobar, he's having a very solid year. I mean, an all-star for the first time. Um, he's been very good for the Diamondbacks, but the market out there for infielders and contending teams isn't large. Um, there's only a couple teams that need him, and that's mostly like a third baseman, maybe a shortstop in some cases. But most teams have their lineups pretty figured out. I think there's one team that just needs offensive help that is in a contending spot that can get him for a cheap price and has prospects, and that's the Seattle Mariners. Which who would have thought we'd be talking about them at this exactly. point in the season? They're, I don't, I don't think they're anywhere near to win a division, but their pitching has been solid. Their bullpen has been great. Their offense has just been, I mean, terrible. Which they're, is crazy because they have so many high-talented offensive prospects, and they yeah. just came up and just have Well, their thing stunk. is they, they strike out too much. Yeah. They're, having, they're having a Chicago Cubs problem where – when they put the ball in play, they're good. They just don't ever put the ball in play. And Escobar <laughs> has had his struggles putting the ball in play, but he would no doubt be you know, a top hitter for that team. He can play anywhere in the infield. They kind of need a second baseman uh, for that team as of right now. Um, but I, I think Eduardo Escobar goes to the Mariners. The Seattle, Mariner, Seattle Mariners uh, pass the deadline with a negative 54 run differential are six games above 500 better record than the yankees right now that is insane yes yes they're so. they're a couple years away from being like actual contenders but it has to be great for them to just see them performing at a, at a high level like right now yes i i i think I, I i don't know if they're gonna win but i think eduardo escobar who's also better and could help out some of the younger guys that are kind of struggling right now um, Real quick before we move on from the dime bat, one poor player that possibly I would maybe throw in. I didn't even know he was on the team until about five hours ago when I was watching Cubs Diamondbacks. I'm just gonna. I haven't really followed the Diamondbacks that much. They stink. They had that the longest like road losing record ever. So I don't really know why I would want to watch them. I hated watching them when they went five and one against the Reds. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe some team who wants depth. This guy gets traded every one second. As Jubal Cabrera, yeah, he's on that team. He's a veteran. He was big on that. Uh, I believe he was on the Nationals World Series team. Yep. So he's pre- he's probably not even a starter for a good team, but a guy you would trust to come off the bench. I believe he's a switch hitter, so you can oh, yeah. play the, the the advantage there. So there's there's zero point for the Diamondbacks to keep him. I would have to think he's on a one year deal. So yep. that's that's another name I would throw in there. I don't know where, but any team who, j- who strictly for bench depth, we see teams do this all the time. He's a guy I would throw out there. Yep. All right, now let's move on to the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins have a couple guys. Uh, we already mentioned Nelson Cruz got traded, um, but they do have a couple guys that have been rumored to be on the trading block. I want to know what you guys. I have listed three guys in particular 
let's start with Jose Barrios. Jose Barrios is, well, first of all, this whole team is interesting because it's a team that was a playoff contender the last couple of years, and they have some young pieces, young guys that have come up and are getting their first playing time. So I don't necessarily know how much into like a full-on rebuild that they would go. They definitely need to trade some guys away the one-year deals, although Jose Barrios is not one of them. He seems always like a guy where it's like, it's just one little bit from putting it all together. He'll he'll come out and show great stuff, and then kind of fall away towards the end of a ball game. But he still had like some solid, solid. Oh games. yeah, no, with without a doubt. So, and I think there's too much upside for him to give up on, and especially he's still fairly young. You move forward, I think, with him as your your ace, or even if you get another one, you're, you're one of the best number two starters. I think he stays. I think he stays as well. I mean, he's how old is? Uh, he Burrios? should be late twenties. I don't think he'd be early 30s, but he is. He's pitching right now. He's uh, 27 now. Okay. That's that's a right. Yeah, that's a good – I would hang on to him. Like Ben said, he has some really good stuff. He's given us some problems over the years at times, Um, and I I think they should hold on to him. I don't think they should go full-blown rebuild right now um, because they do have their holes, but they also still have some solid pieces intact, especially if they're able to keep the next guy we're probably going to talk about. So – yeah, I, I think these days. I actually think Barrios is going to be on the move. I think it's because very similar reasons you guys gave, and that's because uh, Jose Barrios has always been a guy that has good stuff and a struggle with command, and that's why the long ball has always hurt him. I feel like if he goes to a team with you know a solid uh, pitcher's ballpark um, and knows what they're doing, I feel like they can – Get the best out of him. Get the bus out of him with the, just the straight stuff he has. And I think a team that we can see by, um, that we've already seen by at the deadline, that is the Tampa Bay Rays. They could always use um, pitching depth, saying that, you know, they'll, they, they, they'll pull their starters at any moment and then use them in the bullpen. Um, I know they just lost Rich Hill, so there is an open spot in the rotation. So I'd be interested to see them make another deal with the Twins for a Jose Barrios. And I feel like he would be, you know, a front-of-the-line playoff starter for them. Yeah, no, that's I, – I, it'll be interesting to see uh, – I, I know I've said that already about this team. There is so much talent that they could sell on. I just think he's one of the ones they hold on to, especially with you have no idea the, the quality of arms in minor leagues. You feel like a lot of teams or contenders you see struggle because they don't have – the pitching you see teams with great offense struggle because they don't have the pitching so i i think this is the one i'll talk about the other two we made too i think are on the move but this one i think they keep uh the next guy we're going to talk about is byron buxton former number one top prospect in baseball and got off to a really hard start this year the injury bug is always messed with him it's gonna be really interesting what minnesota does because when healthy this guy holds a lot of value problem is he's never healthy that is you you hit it right on the button there with the problem he's never healthy i don't think it's a stretch to say he could potentially be an mvp conversations if he were to just stay healthy because he has so much value on offense when he's getting on base he can steal your bag and then the outfield the problem is is because he possesses that speed i think it caused him to play a little reckless it's it's hard to tell a guy to tone it back but if you could just tell him not to go full speed into a wall to make a catch in in like a game where you're up five runs it's just like that's what I feel like his problem is. I know his most recent injury, like a broken hand or a broken thumb, was on a hit-by-pitch. Nothing you can do there. It, it's just bad luck. But there's sometimes where 
I, I think if he could just tone it back, he could stay on the field more. Nevertheless, the report as of last week was they offered him an extension, a contract to, to pay him his money. And if he doesn't accept, then they'll shop him. But they want him there. But I just, I just don't see – I don't know what the exact numbers on the contract was. I could see him turning that down because he would want to go play for a contending team. And the team I'm actually going to put him on, first of all, I think he turns it down. And then I'm going to send him to a place that would be absolutely perfect for him. I'm going to say that San Francisco buys on him. San Francisco is a team that has some money so they could look to, to pay for him and then extend him as well. San Francisco, especially in right center, is a huge ballpark. He oh, would yeah. fit fantastic there. San Francisco uses so many different players based on matchup base that their their lineup is never the same from day to day. But with Bucks in patrolling center, he's a guy that's going to play every day when healthy. And we've seen this team try to make moves before. They were in on the Bryce Harper talks. They were in on Bauer this offseason. So I, I don't think they're shy about going after a big star and spending money. And I just can't see... I, I obviously don't know what Byron Bucks is thinking, but I think he turns down the extension, wants to go to a contender, and San Francisco is one that's going to be buying buying stars as they try to hold off the Dodgers and Padres. The oh, Twins yeah. will not trade Byron Buxton because they don't want to unless they absolutely have to. And I think the Twins are a team that they have – I think they have more talent than almost every other team that's under five hundred right now. Oh, yeah. And I think they'll be able to make a turnaround next season. I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs. I think they will be better, though. I expect them um, – with a quality offseason, I think they can be back over 500 next year. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So I think they hold on to Barrios. I think they hold on to Buxton. I don't think they trade him unless they really get an offer they can't refuse. I agree. I don't think Buxton gets traded. I, I think it's mostly mostly due to right now because of the health being such a question mark. Um, he's a guy that would bring back a lot of value, and he's going to cost a lot. And I don't think it'd be worth it for the Giants to give up a couple of their top prospects to trade a guy that has a lot that's, of question marks. That's totally fair. And it's also from the Twins' section, they may feel like they're getting less than they should because he's hurt. Now, he's not going to give up as much, and the Twins could feel like they're under underselling. And especially if he comes back, plays well, and they're horrible again next year, then maybe sell and try and get more value. Yep. Um, the last twin I have on here is Taylor Rogers. He's been in their bullpen for years now multiple-time All-Star. He's been struggling this year, and I'm pretty sure in the pandemic year as well. Um, but interested to see what you guys think. I would say he's as good as gone just because the value of relievers is insanely high. If you want to talk about they don't want to sell on Buxton, if they don't sell high now on Taylor Rodgers, I think that they're making a mistake. I, 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 there's so many teams that need bullpen help. There's been Cincinnati Reds. Yes, they're one of them. I just don't know if they would go out and – and if Bob Cassidy would have the balls to go and trade for a guy that's probably a quality reliever. So I'm not going to put him there. This this is a tough one because, like, I could I could name off, like, 10 to 15 different teams right now. That's Every contender yeah. can use bullpen. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think you could put him on any any contender whatsoever. Wouldn't surprise me if San Diego went, went after him. I think the White Sox could go after him as well. They could, but will the Twins make yeah. a trade with us? Probably not. Will they trade in division? That's that's not. I don't. I don't have. I'm just gonna say Taylor Rodgers is traded to a contender. I don't have an exact team because literally, I I could talk anyone into 15 different teams as long as they're willing to a prospect capital. I'm just gonna say he's for sure getting traded, and he's getting traded to a contender. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think they also deal him because there's just too many teams that would be willing to trade for him right now, as well as a lot of other relievers on these shitty teams. 
So I'm going to say they deal him. I, I, I'm with Ben. I have no idea. I could say the Phillies. I could say the Reds. Um, I could say the Yankees. Whatever. I think some team will trade for Rodgers. And I, it makes sense for him to deal him. Taylor Rodgers will be a Cincinnati Red. I that think the would, Cincinnati yeah. Red. That'd be a good pickup for him. Not only need bullpen help. I think they also need another like good lefty out of the bullpen. Yeah. Right now, right now it's Doolittle and it's Garrett, and both those guys have not been good this year. And I feel like Rogers could be that shutdown lefty. And Tone's been solid. Um, you know, high leverage Heath, your boy, he's been yeah. solid. Um, I think I think that could help the it's, Reds. It's a lot of waiver boys in the Reds bullpen. And so. I also don't think. I don't think he's going to cost too much just because of how much he struggled the last year and a half. That's fair. So he could, he could benefit from going. Minnesota's not the the like easy stadium to hit in, but it's also not the most pitcher friendly. Oh yeah. So he could benefit for sure from a change of scenery. Oh yeah. Um, the next team I want to talk about is the Texas Rangers. They have a couple guys, um, Kyle Gibson and Joey Gallo in particular. Kyle Gibson, um, all star, right? He was an all star this year. I believe Kyle I don't, Gibson. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Was. he was an all star. He didn't pitch in the game, but right. yes, he was an all star. A uh, great ERA this year has been a real bright spot for the Rangers, and it would surprise me if they do not trade him. As Where mu- do you think Kyle Gibson is? Going? As much as they need someone to eat innings because they stink, I. This is a tough one as well. I think they have to trade him. They have to sell high. You you said we're going to talk about two Texas Rangers, right? Yep. So yeah, this this is the one I think that they do end up trading. I think, I think New York ends up going paying for him because New York needs starting pitching. That was Collins' thing with the Yankees all year long is they don't really have a whole lot behind Garrett Cole. I think they would maybe overpay as much as Yankee fans think they can get him for a a double A C prospect. I think the Yankees and Brian Cashman would would go after Kyle Gibson. There's no, the starting pitcher market isn't huge, and I think the Yankees would be really aggressive to make sure they get at least someone. And I think they could be aggressive in Kyle Gibson. And I think. The Rangers, we've seen this, they didn't, even though they still got stuff back for Lance Lynn in the offseason, they didn't sell on him last year deadline, they didn't sell on Mike Miner before that, and then they just ended up, or at least Mike Miner's ended up leaving. So I think this time they end up selling while there is value there. They better sell high on him. Oh, yeah. And I think one team, uh, you know, I don't know how this all fits money-wise. I don't really know what Gibson's contract looks up, looks like. It's only, I think it's a two-year deal, and this is the first one. I think yeah. I heard that somewhere. Uh, one team that definitely needs a starting pitcher now because they're regarded as one of the top contenders in the league is the Dodgers with the whole Trevor Bauer thing. I could see the uh, the Dodgers going for a Kyle Gibson. They could use another starting pitcher. I think he'd be a big help for them. And if you're the Rangers, do not pass up on this opportunity. Sell high on Gibson. This is the highest his trade value will ever be, most likely. Yeah. That's, I, that's, a, good, that's a good point with the Dodgers. But sure. we said the same thing about Lance Lynn last year, and they didn't deal him. For me, you're going to see a trend um, for me, and that teams are going to bundle a couple guys together and trade them. I think the Yankees, I agree with Ben, go out and Kyle Gibson. And I also think think it's going to be a part of a uh, package that sends the next guy we're going to talk about, Joey Gallo, as well to the Yankees. For Miguel Andujar in return. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it, It amazes me how bad the Yankees have been and the last thing they need is a guy who's going to strike out and hit homers but Gallo has been this has so far been the best year of his career um an all-star again 
uh, participate in the home run derby, all that. Gallo, Gallo's a legit player. He's going to play well in the big market, and especially that short porch in oh, gray. Yeah. I feel like this is an opportunity for the Yankees to buy in a tough division. I feel like if they get those two guys, it'll help them. I don't know if it'll necessarily push them towards a playoff spot, but it'll definitely, you know, get them going in the right direction. So I had Gallo and Gibson both wearing the pinstripes. Even though I had Gibson to the Yankees, I think Gallo ends up signing an extension. I know that may sound dumb considering the Rangers are nowhere near contenders. I think there's there's something to be said for the, the change of scenery and how it can affect players. We've seen some stars, Garrett Cole not included, he's been great there, but go to New York and struggle. That's, that's I mean, Giancarlo Stan can't stay on the field there, and he's hit very few extra bits at Yankee extra base hits at Yankee Stadium, even though you would think he would just go off there. So I think there's something to be said for that, and I think Gallo, as long as the Rangers offer him a decent contract and don't, like, shortchange him, I think he ended up staying there. Yep. I, now that, the more you say it, I like the the Gallo to the Yankees fit. He just looks like a guy who'd play for the Yankees, you know? Yeah. Uh, They could use another guy like him in the middle of their lineup, bolster their offense a little bit. Uh, and the Yankees could certainly use the bolster of their offense right now because they're third in the division. They're eight back of Boston, seven and a half of Tampa. Um, and right now they are currently at four games out of a wild card spot. And it's not going to be easy to catch the A's. So uh, I think they're certainly going to be buyers, and that seems like a logical move. Yep. Um, the next team we're going to be talking about is... Miami Marlins. Now, Marlins made the playoffs last year. Yes, they won a playoff series last year. Um, but they have a couple guys that would be interesting pieces. The first one, uh, I'd like to mention their first baseman, Jesus Aguilar. Now, I'm going to start because it makes so much sense for Jesus Aguilar to go back to the Brewers. Brewers need a first baseman. They need another I guess another hefty guy like that. to hit bombs for them. Hefty. They need they need offensive bad. You're going to see another package I have coming in this, but I have Aguilar going back to the Brewers. Are you saying Aguilar and Marte together to the Brewers? I do. That's very interesting. It dude. is. The Brewers have decent prospects. They have a lot of pitching prospects. Yeah. Um, Miami, I, I think they would need more hitting prospects, but I don't think they're going to turn down pitching because – when you think you have enough pitching, you go out you and don't. get more pitching. Yep. That's what Terry Francona's mon or uh, fucking uh, phrases, words to live by. But I think not only do they need first base help, they need outfield help. Jackie Bradley Jr. has been terrible. Lorenzo Kane can't stay healthy. Lorenzo Kane can't can't stay. I can't speak on a podcast. Cannot stay healthy. Garcia and Yelich will be fine. Throw Marte out in center. It's a Marte Parte. Oh yeah, no, I I like that fit for sure. I Brewers are definitely up there. I think he gets moved. I think Miami should sell pieces, and we know Derek Jeter isn't afraid to pull the trigger, as as he did the second he got there, trading away every good player on the roster. Oh yeah. Um, I think uh I think uh Oakland could also be a spot for them. I think yep. Oakland's gonna be one that's gonna want to. I know we've talked about. There's been rumors about Trevor Story there. I think with Oakland's cap situation, that's well known because of a movie called Moneyball. I think they're wanting to try and go after maybe cheaper targets, especially they have a DH. I know they have Matt Olson there, but 
seen Jesus Aguilar play a few games at third. They want to put in over Matt oh Chapman. But I think that's a guy that even if they don't use him as a starter, they can use him off a bench. Milwaukee's definitely a possibility. I like that team. But I'm going to I'm gonna say Oakland is also another one. I'll go Milwaukee. I like that fit. And the Marlins have no reason to move no re, no reason to hang on to him at this point if the offer's right. Their offense has absolutely sucked this year. They had a fun little run last year. They uh won a playoff game or two, didn't they, Donovan? They pitched pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I think they won a couple yeah. playoff right, games. Shut the fuck up. It's it's not I mean the Miami Marlins winning playoff games hey, against they, when they lost to the Braves in the second round it was the first the time Cubs. they ever lost it was the first time they ever lost a playoff series. Against the Cubs. Okay, at least um, the Cubs yeah, yeah. Uh, weren't up one nothing in the series and lost it. The so. Marlins are pretty dreadful this year, even in a crappy division. Yeah, uh, so on Aguilar. I, I like Brewers. You like Brewers? What about Marte? I think Marte stays. Think I think Marte. they. I think they try and keep Marte and at least have some stability instead of just constant roster turnover. Um, they have some pitching in the minors and. I just think they like. I think they like Marte. Whether Marte will sign that extension, I'm not positive, but I think they try to, and I'm going to say that he stays. Who is Houston's outfielder? Luis Castillo is an ace, by the way. As I continue to watch uh-huh. him get out of the um, baseball. Right now, it is. They have Kyle Tucker. It's not this Miles Straw they, guy, is it? It is. Yes. They, they should trade the, for Marte. Yeah. I'd I'd like them to trade for Marte. I wouldn't like them to, but I think they should. Uh, it's crazy that they're like the Marte best offense, then. and it seems like they have holes. Yeah, and they could continue to bolster that. Yeah, they're ranked number one offense this year. They could. That'd be huge. Yeah, they they do need a center fielder. I know that, and I I did think about putting Marte there. I think that is the number one landing spot for him right now. I just I personally think the Brewers are in desperate need because I think this is this is the beginning. I wouldn't even say it's the beginning, but this is this is the Brewers' window to win now. They have a legit top three, a good bullpen. They just need the offense. They have guys with potential. Yelich, they have uh, Garcia, Narvaez had a good year, Adames. They they need to just, you know, go all in, full trigger. The NL Central is right there. Yeah, this is their best. I mean, I don't think it's biased for me to say that if as long as they don't like Castellanoswag, I think the Reds will be even better next year because they have plenty of young talent. Hunter Green who throws one hundred fours on the way, so I think this is also as weak as this division is going to be. Maybe Cardinals figure out their pitching in the off season. Reds have a healthy bullpen next year. I think this is their you're, you're totally right. This is Milwaukee's year to go for it. We don't know the Trevor Bauer situation in LA and always sucks. So this is their year yeah, for sure. I think they go all in. Can, uh, can we talk about the Cubs? Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. I want to. I want to save that for last. Okay. Um, I, have a, I have a package deal for the Cubs. I'm right. stealing your package deals. <laughs> um, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, even though they've been bad, they have a lot of bright spots. But I think we're only going to talk about two, and that is Adam Frazier, who we've already mentioned, and Richard Rodriguez, their closer, who's been very good the last two years. Even though he's not your conventional guy that throws 95, he sits around 92, 93. Real good slider. He's just an outgetter. He's just an outgetter for them. I'll I'll do both really quickly because I don't think there's a there's a, a lot a lot for me to go through here. Richard Rodriguez really like him. I think he ends up in the Sox. I know that's a really easy one that's been rumored. Mm-hmm. Sox need bullpen help. They have good back end pieces in Liam Hendricks, Kopech, and Crochet, but they they have no one to bridge the gap. And I know 
Rich Rodriguez isn't necessarily going to bridge the gap, but maybe you move Crochet and Kopech up into that spot, and then you turn it over to where if Liam Hendricks has, has been used, then you go to Rich Rodriguez. Like you, you have two guys who can come in and shut down the ninth. Oh, yeah. And I know Liam Hendricks might not like that, not being the def- def- definitive closer, but I feel like if you're really a team player, you would do whatever it takes to win. And plus, you're you're going to have a lot easier or workload. So I think he goes there. Adam Frazier, I think the Pirates screw this up and end up not trading him. I mentioned this earlier. I, I think that would be really dumb, but I think I think that they messed this up. I really do. I don't we we've seen they, Pirates they, mess up trades before. They've done it before. I.e. Tampa Bay Rays, Chris Archer, thank goodness they made that trade as a Reds fan. Well here's the thing, if but, the Sox were to get both of those guys, I think it would cost you, an Andrew Vonner at Crochet. Mm-hmm. Um I personally don't want to give up to those guys, so I'm gonna say they are able to make a deal for Adam Frazier. Okay. Um, not Rodriguez. I have Rodriguez. I'll have him going to Toronto. I think that's an that's interesting a, fit. That's a team that has a zero bullpen, like we mentioned Cincinnati. But Yeah, I think that's an interesting fit for a contender or a team that's right in the mix. The Frazier to the White Sox makes all too much sense. Um, they'd have yet another guy with about a 400 on-base percentage. And ever since uh, my boy Nicky Two Strikes went down, Madrigal. Rest in peace. Desperate need for a second baseman because Danny Mendick and Larry Garcia cannot start playoff games. So I'm really, I really hope that they're able to get this deal done. Chicago White Sox. I just think the Pirates are really – because their farm system is not very good. They gave up their farm system for a guy that's no longer on their team. I think they're really going to want Vaughn or Kopech or even like a Crochet – and the White Sox, by no means, because this is strictly a rental. I think they believe that Nick Magical is the future second baseman. So I don't see them offering a long-term deal to Adam Frazier to bring him back this offseason. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's going to play the rest of there. I mean, unless they wanted to bring him back as utility man, play him everywhere in a different spot every day. I just think as Jonathan India rips one to left, but it's caught. Um, I think that the, the White Sox shouldn't overpay for Adam Frazier, and the Pirates are going to want them to overpay. Yep. Um, for me, it makes too much sense for Frazier or the White Sox. Um, if you look at that team, they're kind of righty-heavy. They, kill, they as, kill left-handed pitchers. They, yeah, yeah, they, they kill left-handed pitchers. They're right-handed heavy, especially when they get Eloy and Robert back. Yeah. Um, Frazier, a good lefty throw in the mix. Having a top of the lineup of Frazier and Tim yeah, Anderson. Yeah, him second. Yeah. Is, uh, is, is going to be very scary for teams in the American League. You could have Anderson, uh... Frazier, Mancada, Grandal, Bray. I mean, that's just that's a great. That's top scary. Five. I mean, and, and you're Eloy and Robert. Yeah. That's a crazy lineup. It just it makes too much sense for Frazier. I think I think Ben's right. They are gonna ask a lot, but I think because of those reasons, because they need a second baseman, because they need. I think they, the White Sox need a left-handed hitter. Yeah, they do. They need a left-handed hitter. I I I mean, Sheets looks good as of right now, but I don't trust sheets as of right now i also think when they're healthy he doesn't really have a place on the roster you know yeah so that i think i think they will overpay for a guy like frazier just because they need him and just because this could be the year you never know this could be the year um so you may end up having to lose a guy like a crochet a guy like Kopech, maybe. I think that would be a mistake. Know that I am not rooting for that because I do not want to have to deal with a Crochet or Kopech for the next five to ten <laughs> years in my division. So I hope they don't, but I logically I think they will. Um, Richard Rodriguez, I have him going to the Phillies. Mostly what I said, 
Richard Rodriguez is an out-getter. The Phillies do not have any out-getters. They have guys with good stuff. They walk too many guys. They give up too many home runs. They just need guys who can get out. They're going to get Richard Rodriguez. He seems like a guy who just looked good in a Phillies uniform. Um, this is not the only reliever I have the Phillies getting. But we'll move on to the Colorado Rockies. Now, they have a couple guys who could also be on the move. We're going to talk about John Gray, Trevor Story, and Herman Marquez. Let's start with John Gray. Colin, you got a, you got a fit for him? John Gray? That's, I think they sell high on John Gray. I do. John I don't Gray, know where he'd go, though. John Gray has, is having the best year of his career, yeah. hands down. Um, been pretty solid in cores, I'm pretty sure. Um, I would so, need to read. Solid is relative to in in this right. case. Know, I, know that a four ERA in Coors Field is this, solid. This is a guy that could potentially be mid to low threes in a in a normal ballpark. Yeah. I, I don't know his home road splits off the top of my head, but yeah. I have to guess they're based on how he pitches in Coors. Unless he's just a really weird split, I, I would have to think it's even better on the road. Yeah, um, I have John Gray going to the A's mostly because once again the A's like to buy low on guys. I don't think or think there's going to be much of a big return for a guy like John Gray, um, but I think he'd fit the A system very well, and this is not the only guy I have. No, yeah, I was going to say I could see a different Rocky going to the A's. Exactly. Um, but I have him going to the A's, excuse me, as well as Trevor Story. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's they they really need short sub. It's a great fit. I'm taking Trevor Story to the Yankees. I know that's way too mm-hmm. easy to predict. I think they go out and pay for him. I really don't want to see him in a Yankee uniform. I don't think that would look good on him, but I think their Labor Torres has been very underwhelming. He just had his first homer the other day in like months or one of one of his first extra base hits at Yankee Stadium. Some sort of stat like that. He's been super underwhelming after everyone was like this kid is the next greatest player of all time after getting him from Chapman. You oh, see yeah. the tweets about him being 22 every other week. So I think they, and even if they wanted to still keep Glaber in the starting lineup, they can move him to third or second. Yeah. So I think Yankees get story. If Glaber didn't play the Orioles, he'd be working at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> it's a shame they'll never play the Orioles in a playoff series because oh, yeah. the or- Orioles are far, far away from that point. Yep. And then the last uh, Rockies pitcher, Herman Marquez, He's been he's been good for a couple of years, especially yeah. this year. Um, All star for them, really good. I, I it makes too much sense for him to go to the Mets. Mets need pitching. That's a fair one. Um, he's been solid, and I feel like he just hit that Mets mold of you know solid right-handed pitchers who can hit well. I, I think. Oh, my mind's be really quick. I think they get rid of Story and Gray. I think they hold on Marquez. I don't think all okay. three go. Uh, they could totally get a ton and replenish the heart of their farm system, but I think he will end up staying. Yeah, I think they'll be a little stingy with him. I don't think. I think I think the Rockies are selling all because we obviously knew they had issues in the off season. They got a new GM, new owner. Nothing for Arenado. Nothing for Arenado. I think true. they. I think they just complete go fire sale. Probably not the only team we'll see do a fire sale. Um, which I think that leads us to the last team, the much-anticipated My Chicago Cubs. Um, a lot of guys, and I mean a lot of guys, are rumored. Um, it's every day a new guy pops up that has potential trade value. I have seven guys on here. Now, should we start with who you think is going to stay? So I, I let's let's start from probably 
let's go let's go least value to highest value, in my opinion. We're gonna start with Zach Davies. Now Davies are his numbers aren't great, but his numbers are also lying because he has had a ton of bad or I that's not the right wording. He's had a couple starts. He's had some really good starts and some really bad starts. Yes. So, the thing with Davies yeah. is is that he is an unconventional pitch to contact. Pitch and it's not it's not unconventional pinch to contact meaning that when you have a guy like Kyle Hendricks, Kyle Hendricks doesn't throw hard but will throw strikes. Davies is stingy. He is not afraid to walk, guys. Davies' problem this year has been he allows way too many walks. But in his good starts, he has been able to limit the starts or walks and get the ground. He ball. started in a no hitter. Oh yeah. He he started twelve games last year, only walked nineteen guys. Yeah. He's played twenty one and has walked fifty four this year. Yes. So walks have been an issue, but I think Davey still holds some value, and therefore I think the Dodgers get a guy like Davies. Davies is a guy where. I don't think the Dodgers need to go out and get a top-of-the-rotation guy. They have guys like Kershaw and Bueller, even without a guy like Bauer. Even a guy like uh, Urias will be solid. If you throw Davies as a 4 and a 5, I think they're going to be fine. That's a nice little F you to the Padres. <laughs> Got your guy back. Oh, yeah. You know, I, like I I can see Davies to the Mets as well. I know that's not flashy for you. I was going to say Mets too. Like, you totally mentioned this earlier. They need pitching depth. It seems like everyone gets hurt for them. Jacob DeGrom is amazing, but it's he, he's had a couple injuries. So you, outside of Stroman and, and Taiwan Walker, you don't totally know who you can trust to be in the rotation every single day. And I I don't I think they can maybe buy low. I guess, there. Yeah, I I think at the Mets trade forum, they're also going to – I, I there's a lot of guys that we could see being traded for the Cubs. Yeah. So I made it a little easier for myself. I have two guys going to the Mets. Okay. Should I say the other one? I think I know who the other one is. I'll go Chafin. Oh, okay. That's not Open who I was guy. guessing. Okay. I could see a ch- – well, there's another guy I could also see going. <laughs> this is tough. There's there's just so many guys. You know, guys. there's three guys let's, I could see going to the Mets. Let's talk about Chafin because Chafin, I don't know his ERA off the top of my head, but he's been really it good. He was fantastic. He up had today. 23 consecutive scoreless appearances. I think his last two, he has given up a run, but still a very good ERA. He's an outgetter. He's not a guy that's going to throw shove 95. He's the sheriff. Great slider, great command. That's why I think the Phillies go out and get that's, him. I, I I think the Phillies take a gigantic swing in a horrible division, and my. As Joey Votto has gone, gone. yard, Joey Votto still bangs. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Phillies take a giant swing. They get Kimbrel and Chafin in one deal. Interesting. I know this might like. Do the Phillies sell so low on one of their top prospects? They sell low on Alec Bohm. That's probably too much to give up for two relievers. I, but I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I I mean, if if the I'm the Cubs and they offer me Alec Bohm for Kimbrel and Chafin, I'm I am not letting them get off the phone. Oh yeah. But because Alec Bohm has struggled on defense. Is the offense numbers aren't fantastic, but he's a top prospect. So, oh yeah, that's that's. I'm probably thinking too wishful for the Cubs here. That's probably way too much to give up for two relievers. But at the same time, it's also like the Cubs gave up Claybert Torres for Aroldis Chapman, and Keg Kimbrell is having probably as good of a season that Chapman was having at that time in 2016. So like, Kimbrell's having one of the best seasons of his career. Yes, I mean, and Chafin has been you. You you if, if they get those Frank, two, so you you go so like the, Suarez is their one good bullpen piece for the for the Phillies, mm-hmm. and then you have him. You add in Chafin and Kimbrel. Would would it be worth giving up a top prospect? 
I think so. You know, so I'm going to have them. I, it depends I, on the team. It yes. really does depend on the team. I Trust me, I have looked into the Phillies for a lot of the bullpen pieces. I'm not a fan of their farm system. So I, if we, we can, I think we can just straight up get a uh, top prospect for really just Chafin because their farm system is not good. Their top prospect yeah. right now is Mickey Moniak, mm-hmm. who is drafted first overall They're not giving in him 2016. Up. And no one has yet heard of this guy yeah. have, like double A. So, I mean, take what you want with that. Um, the would, next guy, I mean, there's just so many guys. We've already talked about Davies, Chafin. I think the next guy we can talk about is a guy like Tapera. I'm just going to say, from someone who knows prospects and knows that way better than I do, I will probably get absolutely flamed for that bone proposal, but it's just <laughs> something that for a second made sense in my head, oh, yeah. and I ran with it. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea about Tapera. <laughs> Tapera, I know a good fit for him. It's Toronto. Why? Yeah. yeah. Because Tapera has already pitched in Toronto. Okay, he yeah. knows the field. He knows, uh, I mean, Tapera, he's having, I mean, the last year and a half, he's been really good. He was an MVP candidate last year. Don't care what people say. He was. He was on there. He did get an MVP vote. Wow. Um, so, I mean, he, he having one of the best years of career. Blue Jays, they're a team that I think even more than the Phillies is going to overspend on bullpen help. That's why I think they not only get Tapera, they get Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell having one of the best years of his career. Not only is he an outgetter, he strikes everyone. He's, he yeah. has 16K per nine. It's insane. Yeah. And he knows how to pitch in the AL East. He did it with Boston. He won a World Series with Boston. Um, so the, I think... Do the Blue Jays have enough to make a deal like that? Because they just... Most of their farm system has been graduated. They're all up now, and I don't see them trading a major league. They're not going to subtract. Yeah, to get both of those, that'd be tough. It, it would be tough. Um, but I think they can. They they still have some guys. They have they have a couple infielders, um, that are that that are you know they're in high A, double A. Uh, I think a guy like Jordan Groshans could be one. They have a couple pitchers. I think in double A, triple A. I'm forgetting their names right now, but they have some solid guys. I'd be interested to see where they go. Um, what what do you get? Where do what, you think Craig and what if what if uh what if Boston make strikes a deal for Kimbrough? Is that even possible? I think it Could is. they go back for him. They have a they they have a good back of the bullpen in Matt Barnes, but I'm they sure do. they wouldn't be. They, they, they need would, to bridge the gap. They wouldn't be opposed yeah. in moving Barnes to a setup role. Oh yeah, to to load up for Kimbrough. No, that'd be huge. That'd be very dangerous. Another team. Uh, what if the Dodgers? I mean, they're yeah. Kenley I mean, Jansen isn't you know. He's in, he isn't lights out by any means. I think I think out of At all the guys that could lately. potentially be traded, Craig Kimbrell has to be probably number one. They on they have to sell. There's simply no reason to hang on to him because you're going into a rebuild, and his value is never going to be higher. I don't I don't necessarily think it's a rebuild. I think retool. it is a retool. Okay, that's but fair. yeah, because um, it won't be a long rebuild. Yeah. By um. But Craig Craig Kimbrell. For as good as he's been, he holds way too much value just to be sitting on this uh, underperforming Cubs team. I think Kimbrel. I think Kimbrel's gone. I, he has to be. Yeah. And I think Toronto is a team that will overpay for him. So Liam Hendricks will undoubtedly be the yeah. best closer. So in halfway through this Cubs talk, I have Davies to the Dodgers, 
Chafin to the Phillies, and Tapera and Kimbrel to the Blue Jays. So that leaves three potential position three. players. And that's the core. Yeah. Baez, Rizzo, Bryant. I think two of them don't get moved. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think... It's, it's very tough because there isn't a market out there for shortstops. Um, a lot of a lot of teams have their shortstop contract expiring. Correa's uh, contract expires. Baez, Lindor's what is yeah? If it didn't sign the extension, Seager's another guy. So I think it's a. I think as of right now, a lot of teams are going to hold on their shortstops. Um, a lot of contending teams already have their shortstops, so it'll be interesting to see. I think Baez stays. Now there is a market out there for Anthony Rizzo. I, I still don't think they do. Him. It's it's even though it's a perfect time for a team to buy low. That's why I think the Rays are a team that would I would be scared of because they always buy low on guys. Rizzo, you know, at his peak, at his peak is a thirty home run, close to a three hundred average guy. He's not that anymore, especially with the back problems. But he still plays a great defense, and he's going to hit righties. So, I mean... I, I don't think Baez gets traded. I, I don't really have a, a fit for Baez because, like you said, with the shortstop thing. I don't think Rizzo does either. If Rizzo does, my fit for Rizzo is Boston. Yes, he goes He goes back to where it first came up with... Uh, there was, it, was him, it was Boston before the Padres, correct? Correct. Yes. So, that's where my Theo fit for him. drafted him at the Red Sox. I don't think Bobby Dahlbeck is really the answer. And that would be... Their offense is already good. Throw Rizzo in there at first base. Yeah, I, then I think they're serious yeah. World Series contenders. Oh, yeah. And, and Rizzo's been there back. before. Yeah. Um, and the last one, it's going to kill me to say it, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is, is probably have to go. Chris Bryant is in a very interesting situation because he holds so much value at, because he's such a good hitter. He's been an MVP. He's played in a World Series. He's played in a Game 7. And he can play so many different positions. He can play the corner infield and all outfield spots if you wanted to put him at second base he can play second base they're not but he could um i i i don't want him to go because he holds so much value and i think the cubs will be back to competing three four years from now but i do feel like the right offers there you go ahead and do it and i think the team that makes the right offer is the san francisco Giants. that's what i was gonna That'd say that'd be a too. good one I know, I know sure. Ben was thinking more Mets. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Mets. I've We've already heard that there's been Cubs scouts like at Mets oh, minor league yeah. games, and I think the Mets have some guys in AAA that the Cubs will want to return. I know there's a lot of uh, – there was a report that they could potentially hold Bryant and then just get the qualifying pick from an offer in the offseason, but I'm going to say he gets dealt, and I, I know it's super predictable, but I think the, the Mets need more offense, and I feel like they would be selling themselves short if they went for a guy like Josh Donaldson instead. I think yeah. they want to take a big swing and get Bryant. Yeah, I think, I think Bryant would fit well with the Giants mostly because the Giants, a lot like Bryant, have good experience in the playoffs. They just need outfield help. Bryant has made it clear he kind of wants to play outfield. Especially center. I mean, they have just, Nimmo in center field, but he loves center field, so... Right. Um, but for the Giants case, I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you their outfield except Yastrzemski. Yeah. So. That's 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 a good fit as well. Um, I think that's going to wrap up our trade deadline predictions. Uh, when we post this sometime next week, we're recording on Saturday. 
hope to be out by, you know, a Monday or Tuesday. And then we'll do a, a recap of everything that went down oh, yeah. next, you next can, weekend. You can let us know who had the good takes, who had the bad takes. Obviously, I'm gonna want, I'm the one that's going to have all the correct takes. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Not you know what? After this, history. I'll get working on a little graphic of, you know, like who we picked going where. And we'll see, we'll see how it turns out in the end. We'll see who has the highest percentage wise. So we're going to start this new segment that we hope to do at the end of every episode. We're going to call it the two minute drill. We're going to go over quick uh, headlines, just funny shit, whatever's been going on in the past week or since the last time we recorded so let's start it off imagine i don't think we can do it but just imagine we have like that nfl music playing what well, what's it the, from? Uh, the espn prime time the yeah. espn prime time they play it during the draft imagine that's going right now do, 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 do. starting off mm-hmm. we have bradley beal rumors in the nba uh he might request a trade what's new it's it's huge timing with the draft coming up because things would have to move very quickly if a team wants to get a pick in return. Yeah, it's it's what five days away, and by the time we're posting this, it's going to be the night before, two nights before. So he could even be traded by this point. So it's it's interesting timing. You would think maybe he'd request it earlier, but the Wizards are going to have to scramble. Yeah, the Warriors have two lottery picks, but Boston Celtics question mark. That's that's a fit as well. I mean, the, we see that roster around Tatum is not very good, or at least not because. Smart and Jalen Brown were in the He's playoffs. a good friend of Tatum's. Yes. That'd be a big three for sure. It's the yearly Bradley Beal is going to get traded. I don't believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. The Cleveland Indians are going to be the Cleveland Guardians next year. They stuck with the Deans ending. A lot of people are flaming them online for it. What are your thoughts? I think they were kind of forced to just to change that name because of the way things are in society. I honestly, I really like, I think it's a cool name. I out of the they were put in a bad scenario i thought it was a good name choice out of what but they we were missed given. on the spiders we that would have been a good spiders one. we wanted the we spiders, wanted spiders. Okay. fun fact the cleveland guardians are named after a statue that's right outside the cleveland highway called the guardian statue of the traffic no one goes to cleveland there's no traffic in cleveland there's no traffic what are they guarding bullshit name i hate it uh uh quick next the Olympics are going on. We just had the opening ceremony the other day. KD has been a lot more active on social media. Did you guys see his little beef with Bam? After Bam uh, didn't get his, or he, he got the rebound, and everyone knows the unwritten rules of basketball. you got to give someone their change after they make a three. Got to give them their change. Bam didn't give KD his change. So they were having a little exchange on Twitter. And I don't know if you guys... I'm sure you guys have seen it. The KD Happy Birthday video. Oh, yeah. Where they had the entire Team USA staff singing Happy Birthday to him. And KD was absolutely miserable. And it wasn't his birthday. It was, it was not, not his birthday. birthday. His birthday is not for another month or two. Um, does Kevin Durant know how to have a good time? Because I have... That's another one where I have to see it to believe I it. haven't seen it yet at the Olympics, so... He has a very weird sense of humor and just personality in general. Maybe once he realizes that the Mexican team proved that the no sex beds was, was a lie. Maybe, yeah, we maybe have no sex that. beds in the Olympics that don't even work. Yeah. We saw three Fraud. dudes jumping on him. Okay, I don't know what you're watching. Next one, go! They were called... <laughs> Giannis dropped a 50-piece in the finals, and he also ordered a 50-piece at Chick-fil-A the next day. And Chick-fil-A absolutely botched on this opportunity to release, uh, you know, they could have they struck a deal with Giannis 
They could have made some deal on this, like like a fifty nugget. Wendy's has a fifty nugget. They could have did something with this. I feel like they it was a major missed opportunity, and I feel like they need to strike a deal with Giannis in the near future. I I think I'm gonna go. Um, I think the one thing no one's gonna no one's talking about about that order was not the nuggets was his drink. He ordered a half Sprite, half yep, lemonade. Yeah, 50-50. How is this not popular? I want this now. I want a half Sprite, half lemonade. I want to go to... I might hit Chick-fil-A after this. Two this things. This is making me hungry. Really quick. Giannis' Instagram lives are awesome. Yes. Anytime he is on live, everyone should tune in. Second thing is I'm also glad that this happened because it brought out great memes on Twitter. People talking about how LeBron went and got an eight-piece kids meal after the 2011 NBA Finals. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't see that one. <laughs> so... That this this was a win-win for everybody. You're right. Oh, yeah. KD and Giannis have very different Instagram lives. Uh, Giannis's we saw years back when he had the BJ bell ring for BJ. Oh, yeah. And he said he's a freak in the sheets. Giannis <laughs> is undefeated online. Also, his post-game or his uh, post-championship stuff was great. He was, like, running around asking for a cigar so he could be like LeBron. Uh, new face of the NBA, question mark. Uh, last but not least, I mean, this isn't sports related. Have you guys, it is in a way, have you guys seen Twitter is looking to add a dislike button? That's fantastic because I don't tweet very often, so it doesn't matter. But to see, to see accounts have their, their account spammed with dislikes, I think it's pure comedy. The most toxic social media platform getting the most toxic feature I cannot wait to see Twitter blow up. It's going to blow up. And if this goes through, they're testing it right now. Imagine LeBron tweets literally anything. No, imagine. It's not even LeBron. Imagine anyone. Imagine the Kardashians (laughs) tweeting. Imagine if Donald Trump still had a Twitter. Oh, my goodness. It would break the app. You see, like, NBA Twitter, all those fanboys go to, like, Addison Rae and just reply with, get a job. Now they don't even have to. They can just spam the dislike button. Exactly. You have uh, all the NBA trades. All the all all the Laker fanboy trade uh, trade machines. This is Those the ultimate millions of dislikes. Yeah, this is the ultimate ratio machine. If there's anything going on that the Lakers do, uh, Woj is going to get ratioed big time. Yes, it's 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 very dangerous, but I cannot wait. Any other headlines? You guys can think of anything else. We I think we covered most in this much longer than two minute segment. I don't know about you guys, but I'm still waiting on a Spider Man trailer. We're still waiting on a Spider Man trailer. Um, I t- I saw someone say it was gonna be. Didn't we have a date for it? That's, was it August sixth? Maybe. I oh. Don't know. If if we don't have a Spider Man trailer by August sixth, we're gonna go make one ourselves. Yes. New one one last thing to add. Oh oh wait wait wait. Okay. That I saw movie theaters have been accepting fan arts. For the new Spider-Man trailer, so it's it's uh, the movie posters. They're just fans have created these posters. It's not the legit one. It is pretty. They're pretty funny. Oh Jesus! I'll have to check them out. Uh, um, we love our Marvel. Was, I was going to add one more thing to the sports talk. As of last night, add Colin into the long list of people that hate the NLDH. <laughs> I, it needs to go. Yeah. We got uh, full, we got bases loaded in the second inning with one out, and or I'm sorry, two outs. Bases loaded, and they're only loaded because the Brewers decided to intentionally walk Zach Collins to face Lucas Giolito, a crucial spot in the game um, that we obviously came out of with zero runs. You know, we could have a real baseball player swinging the bat, or, you know, the fans that paid, you know, 
money for these tickets can watch Lucas Giolito swing a baseball bat in a crucial moment. It makes no sense to me at this point. I would have had a fantastic time watching Lucas Giolito pitch. It's funny if you don't like the team. If I had to go to Milwaukee and pay $8 for a ticket, I wouldn't care if Giolito struck out. If I had to pay $8 for a ticket to go watch Giolito somehow hit a double down line or hit a home run, now, here's I would the thing. be losing here's the my thing. mind. I'm sure Tickets three- this weekend were actually quite expensive. Me and my dad looked into going to a game Saturday night, and we would have had to spend Cubs-esque price for tickets. Like $80, I'm talking. It is Wrigley North. It is. <laughs> I've, I've seen Sox fans are somewhat invading it, not to the level that Cubs fans do, but there is a lot of Chicago fans in Milwaukee right now. I'm sure the 14 fans that were at Great American Ballpark back in April when Dylan Cease went 3 for 3 were loving that performance by the pitcher hitting. <laughs> I know I, it was like a blowout there. It was like four Think fans left. Way. Think about it this way if there's no pitcher hitting, we may never see the next Madison Baumgartner. The next Carlos Zambrano, the next Travis Wood. Or we, we never, never have your mean Mercedes in April. We never would have had with the, with the DH. We wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have had Tony Larusa letting his closing pitcher be the ghost runner on second base and extras. That never would have happened. Because he didn't know the rule. Are you shocked by that? He knows it now. Hey, he knows it now. Come playoff time, Tony knows the rules. No more Tony slander allowed online. Tony Larusa is managing a first place team. That's giving me I'm, no I'm, help against the Brewers. I'm, <laughs> I'm warming up to him. He got ejected for the first time Friday night. Love that. Love that the old man still has some fire in him. And yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm on the Tony Larusa bandwagon. I think I think it's more fireball than fire in him. But I think that's <laughs> gonna wrap up this week's episode. I appreciate uh, all you listeners. Please go like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends and families and coworkers about this podcast. We're trying to build grow the empire appreciate you for listening let us know if you guys liked the uh, uh the fact final what was it what's the two minute thing? warning the, that was like the two minute warning that turned into 10 minutes but it, it's our first segment we'll get better at we'll, it. we'll, we'll work <laughs> on we'll it. talk faster next time we'll, we're, we're still in progress we're still learning all right appreciate it see you in the next episode